Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, kicking off another week of shows, guys. We do five a week, Monday through Friday. Download it into your phone wherever you subscribe to LOE. And we're also on YouTube now, Monday through Friday as well. All podcasts are now in video form, so make sure you go subscribe to our official YouTube page. Guys, before we get into a jam-packed show, I just want to say the NFL season is about to begin and nobody covers it like us right here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Lockdown's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division, including ours, the NFC East, with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in Beginning August 30th, you know, we start previewing with our boys, Marcus Mosher and Chris Russell and our girl, Patricia Traina of Locked On Giants. The season is right around the corner, man, and that preview is really going to kick things off. I know. Yeah, I just want to start out by saying that it is now officially going on to my fourth year of this season. That's right. August 21st was three years since I came onto the show, and you mentioned all those names, Patricia, Chris, Marcus. We've all been there for as long as I have been here, and I feel like we have a good run here in the NFC East, and we're going to get into it right away here as this is one division that you can never settle before the season starts, and you can't even settle it till week 17. When was the last time it was repeated? It's been, what, not a decade? Two right? decades. over yeah. two. Yeah, it's close to two decades now. I think the Eagles were the last ones to do it when they uh, had their early 2000s run. Right, but that's he, right. I'm not going to say the Eagles are going to sit here and compete for that division, but if they could go 3-3 three and three against their division opponents, it wouldn't shock me simply because this division is so combative every single year. And, I mean, you look at it, Lou, who are the top dogs in this division? I mean, there's probably Washington and Dallas for the top debate, and then the Giants and Eagles probably are on the same trajectory to an extent. I don't really think any of these guys are going to compete for a Super Bowl, per se, out of the NFC East. But it's a division that always causes noise. It always causes headaches for teams across the NFL. And the Philadelphia Eagles, there was a statistic that came out the other day of uh, playoff wins since, I think, 2000. And they were fifth or sixth on that list. Mm -hmm. So it just goes to show how competitive this division is and that the Eagles are still able to get into the playoffs for as much as I feel three and three is what you set out for in this division because winning six games in a row against this division is nearly impossible. Five is impressive, but Mm -hmm. three is three is right where I think you should be. And especially for this year, if you're looking for a marker within the division to measure success, three wins against the division opponents, I think would be good for this team. I agree. And with the Eagles, again, we talked about it. Could we see them winning the division and winning 10 games? Absolutely. When you have two of the best lines, offense and defense mm-hmm. in football, you can do that. But there's also a lot of question marks that could make you – it makes you understand why people would have them fourth of these four teams, including the New York mm-hmm. Giants. And, you know, the one big thing is – depth on the defensive side of the football. And that's what I wanted to get into starting right here in segment one. I thought that was the, I mean, would you agree the big takeaway against new England in that 
35 to nothing blowout was, I mean, the, the starting, the starting lineup on defense looks pretty good mm-hmm. on all three levels, even in the secondary. But then you think, okay, considering the amount of injuries the Eagles have had the last four years, if you get one injury to Steven Nelson or to Darius Slay or to Roddy McLeod or Kevon Wallace keeps dealing with that groin issue or Anthony mm-hmm. Harris, you could be one injury away from Michael Jaquette starting or, you know, Avante Maddox back on the outside, and that could really derail a Signing Devontae Bowsby again. Right. <laughs> I mean, that, that could really be the thing that derails a season. And yeah. so what I wanted to start with today is the biggest stand, I think, of all time in Lockdown Eagles, even over Carson Wentz, a guy that everyone knows was leading Get the on your podium. He was released today from the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders, so you all knew we were going to talk about him. It's Razul Douglas, and so Gino, we just had to bring it up because obviously everybody knows my love for Razul Douglas, but also you just—I think it's interesting timing with this release that you look at the Eagles' biggest issue in the preseason, and it's like again, you're one cornerback injury away from being in a bad spot. And I'm not saying Razul is going to come back and be the CB one or two that I was pounding the table for him being for four years, but at the same time, he is a lot better than any depth you have right now. And so as the leader of the Zool hive, I got to say free Zool and bring them back. I'm I'm on board. I think the Eagles need to do something, even if it's not Douglas at this position still. Yeah, we've come a, a long way. I, I mentioned Devontae Bowsby, who right. turned out to be a, a serviceable player in Shannon the NFL. Sullivan too, Shannon Sullivan as well. And to think how much I would cherish having Shannon Sullivan right. as a depth piece on this team right now is really just speaks volume. Blanc, man. Just any of them. Yeah, even Strap would be a, a perfect. Who He might be a candidate to be cut. And the, uh, the idea of what you're getting at with Rasul Douglas is something that we really need to take a look at in this week here that we have. What, it's the 23rd? So yep. by the 31st, we're going to find out what teams cut down the excess at cornerback, which there are teams out there that have that luxury, unlike the Philadelphia Eagles. You look at the luxury on our team being the defensive line, being the offensive line. You would say even that running back room is really deep right now. To the other extent, you look at that cornerback room, and it's top heavy. It's the opposite of an iceberg. You know, right. when you see the the vision of an iceberg yeah. in a textbook that just shows the top and then everything else below it showing mm-hmm. what's beneath the surface. No, the Eagles are going to show you what they have in Darius Slay and Steven Nelson because what they have behind them is an experimental prospect right now in Zach McPherson, who has a long way to come to being a uh, – a starter in this league. I mean, he's definitely somebody that I believe and the team believes in plays that bump and run coverage that they like has long appendages where he's able to jam at the line and he really is physical and gets to the ball. But cornerback out of all positions, Lou, we have seen it is so tough to develop even within one year. It usually takes two plus years to get these guys at corner, especially outside corner where you can't really cover them up with additional coverages where you do slot corners a lot of the time where you could bracket with the linebacker. When you're on an island, you're on an island. I look back to that Eric Rowe game against Detroit a couple years ago, right? right, Luke? We're one injury away from that potentially being an issue. I mean, if Steven Nelson goes down, right, and you do have to throw Zach McPherson out there as much as he, he has shown promise and there are a lot of things to like about him, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin. Exactly. And that's not what the situation you want to put a kid like that in. 
So even bringing back a serviceable guy like a Rasul Douglas or mm-hmm. somebody that comes off of a team's 53, which I 100% believe they will be looking at their pro personnel be. department, will definitely be looking at that because what they have now is zero depth. I mean, it's not literally. Yeah, not. it's it's, and, it's so thin, you know, and you can't destroy that type of confidence in a player like we saw with Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones. You and I love those two guys and what killed them the ability to not even go out there and get serviceable minutes because you're put in a compromised position where you're mm-hmm. put in a, a position where you have to defend a team's number one when you're maybe a 2B at best. Well, and, and it's that's, not like their defensive coordinator made it a lot easier on them. Exactly. Team. And that's the other thing I think about with Razul Douglas potentially coming back is he wouldn't be with Jim Schwartz anymore where, you know, Gannon, I think he would fit better in that system where I think just simply Gannon plays better to his player's strengths where Mm -hmm. Jim Schwartz was like, I don't care that Razul Douglas, you know, can't really click and close with, you know, twitchy receivers like Amari Cooper, right? He's still going to be playing um, man coverage close to the line, but not getting to jam. And he's not going to have any safety help over the top or on Mm -hmm. third and two, when we know Zool can't get down in time for that four yard out to pick up the first down, we're still going to line him 10 yards off the ball. I feel like with Douglas, yes, obviously he has his limitations. We know that he is a stiff cornerback and he's more of the physical, Mm -hmm. less athletic type of guy. But if you have a D, so that's why he would never be a CB1 or maybe even a CB2. But as a backup for depth, which would be what he is this time around, I feel like he would fit really well. And this is a guy that's had some good stretches. I mean, down the stretch of 2018, when Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby got hurt, Zool was your best corner in that playoff run. He was the 10th best corner, or I'm sorry, he was ranked 12th from weeks 13 on in 2018. And he was number one against the run of all corners. 2019, the start of that season, he was the 21st overall corner. These are per PFF grades in the NFL in the first month of the season. And then even last year, the first couple weeks when he was starting for Carolina, he was ranked number 10 in that first two week stretch. So I'm not saying he's CB1 like I used to, but he's got things that you could use in this defensive backfield, size, ball skills, really good tackling. And I think you could use that. So I don't know, maybe they would, I mean, Howie Roseman has been into reunions before. This is a kid he drafted in the third round and believed in. Maybe he fits better with this new uh, coaching staff that preaches development and fitting players around their strengths. But the one thing you can't teach yeah. is speed. For and the sure. kid I can't that. run. He I, can't I understand run. that. Yeah, <laughs> And we, we, we talked about this for a decade, the idea of having these corners that are just burnt toast. But I believe that in this type of system that Gannon runs in this more quarters-heavy zone-style scheme, you could cover up deficiencies in in coverage a lot easier. But at the same time, he's not going to revert away from the style that he wants to play. He wants to be in your face. He wants to be at the line. He wants to get after you. At the defensive line of scrimmage, he's going to get to the quarterback. And then on the outside, he's going to get in the face of these guys. I mean, you're going to see Darius Slay lined one-on-one against the best wide receiver that every team has, and he is going to be playing press man a majority of the time. And then everything else outside of Darius Slay, it becomes 10-on-10 because he's going to trust that guy that much, and you had that ability to do that, to now where you can play the numbers game outside of your number one corner. But if he goes down or Steven Nelson goes down, you're back to square one. Mm-hmm. And you are you might have to go to plan D or E at that point because you have no depth as it is. And let's say even one of your depth pieces go down, let's say Zach McPherson all of a sudden goes down, 
you're even in a worse position. What, what are you going to do? You're going to transfer one of those safeties over to start covering guys one on one. Yeah, I don't. You don't have. Do Der- you don't have. Der- you don't have Derwin James out there. That's not happening. Right. Yeah, you, they you did really that. have they tried to address that. this position for yeah, sure. Yeah, they tried that last year with this positionless secondary when they cut yep. Razul in the first place and Sidney Jones, and they moved Vontae Maddox outside, and it didn't work. And you don't have the depth at safety either to do that. So Razul Douglas is no. an interesting name, and everybody, I'm sure, when they saw the release, I saw people tweeting at me. They knew I was going to bring it up, but it's something to consider for sure with the Eagles, with Razul Douglas, their former third-round pick in 2017, being available on the open market. Speaking of available, could a couple former first-round picks be available for the Philadelphia Eagles from the Eagles to another team? Gino and I are going to get into that. Coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. And, guys, today's show is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It's that time of year again, and all the eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, like I said, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus and be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into segment two of this Monday edition of Locked On Eagles. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri. All right, Gino, we talked about a former third-round pick, maybe coming back to Philly and Razul Douglas. Let's talk about some picks in the first round from that draft in 2017 and the first-round pick in 2019. There were a couple things passed around this week throughout the media that two guys could be available, or at least one guy specifically teams are calling about. It's left tackle Andre Dillard, and it's defensive end Derek Barnett. And, Gino, I think it's interesting because both of these guys, I think Dillard's been clearly a bust so far. I don't know if you would consider Derek Barnett a bust, but neither have met the expectations Philadelphia placed on them, right? And so there was a report last week that teams have been calling about the availability of Andre Dillard. And then you look at this week, considering the Eagles' depth up front on the defensive line, the New York Jets just lost Carl Lawson, who has a torn Achilles. And so the Jets have Joe Douglas as their GM, connecting the dots here. He drafted Derek Barnett with Howie Roseman in 2017. The Eagles and the Jets play this week, joint practices. There's going to be a lot of time for Howie to reconvene with Joe. And so I don't know, man, maybe, I don't know if both would get traded, but you could see the Eagles, considering the depth they have on both sides in the trenches, maybe try to move a former first-round pick that's been disappointing. I love that you just went all Pepe Sylvia there for all of our friends that follow, uh, <laughs> always sunny in Philadelphia, which you should because it's about the greatest city in the world. I wish I could show and, that gift right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Absolutely. But I don't know why people are upset at the idea of moving Derek Barnett. Yeah, like, I'm not when sure did they, When did he become a guy that we're just all of a sudden – saying is isn't expendable isn't an upgradable position because what has Derek Barnett done you look at that position in particular at defensive end Lou and a player in Brian Burns who was selected right around the same draft spot 
Mm-hmm. What are you looking at ceiling wise for these two players? You could get a run stopping defensive end who gets you six to seven sacks a season anywhere in the NFL. They're a dime a dozen. Those guys are the Derek Barnett's. The guys you can't find are the players with the tools like Josh Sweat, those freak athletes, those guys that can win with speed to power, that can win with an unbelievable repertoire of pass rush moves. Derek Barnett. The player that he is at ten million dollars, what where are you gonna fit him in contract wise? I just right. I just don't see it. You're gonna have to choose between Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat in all reality, because you're still playing paying Fletcher Cox, you're still paying Javon Hargrave, you're still paying Brandon Graham for the mm-hmm. time being. You can't pay all of these guys. And do you think Derek Barnett's going to get better? I don't do know how much can... better. And even if he does, Gino, it, would you think it's just a contract year type of thing? Like, would you bet on that exactly. being a trend over the last four seasons? If I'm going to bet on somebody to keep taking a step each year, it's going to be mm-hmm. Josh Sweat. And like you said, there's been guys. Floor worse. versus ceiling debate. Here it's we are again. Thing. And you guys know where we stand with this. So, Gino, it's funny too. this last offseason. There were guys that had worse production than Barnett that got mm-hmm. pretty good contracts. So yes. even if Barnett gets another six sack season, He's going to get paid, and I agree with you. I mean, you could try to feasibly pay both, and those could be your future defensive ends, but mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think they would be it would be too pricey to get both back here. Yeah, you look at the market for this one position that it, you do pay guys a premier amount. Like Carl Lawson, like good pass rusher, but mm-hmm. is he worth that amount of money? And that's what you see at defensive end, and Derek Barnett should be looking at $15, $16 million a year, and it, I wouldn't even bat an eye at that. And Josh mm-hmm. Sweat, you're hoping you could get at a little bit of a hometown discount, but you're not paying these guys $25 million to get you, what, I'd say 15 to 17 sacks a year. A majority right. come from Josh Sweat. So you take the guy with more upside, and then you play the way you have been playing. They, they never have been a team with tons of exterior pressure, Lou. They focus on the middle. They focus yeah. on the nose to the three-tech. That's where they want to create pressure, but they also want to have guys on the edge that can win one-on-one matchups. How many times have we seen Derek Barnett just completely washed out against better competition? There's Mm -hmm. times when Derek Barnett, a majority of his sacks, even if you look at his numbers, come against when he's lined up against tight ends. For sure. That's a good point. So when you're looking at it, man, like that's a guy who you either say, yeah, let's try and do a player for player deal. Give us maybe an additional pick in there. Or if you think, hey, let's just keep him and get Mm -hmm. that comp pick for him next year. But then you also have to take into account the Eagles have tons of money as well. So would that just kind of balance out and that would cash out the comp pick? Yeah. So this is a situation, Lou, that yes, you are at a luxury of riches here at left tackle as well, who we haven't even talked about And Andre Dillard. You can go out and make these types of moves, which Howie Roseman has done time and time again. And he's done it for guys that are way less known than Andre Dillard and Derek Barnett and has even done it for some guys that are more well-known, much like a Carson Wentz, for example. He's not afraid to deal, and he will make moves right up until the season starts. And if they believe that they're not going to get a contract done with Derek Barnett, that they prefer and prioritize a player like Josh Sweat Mm -hmm. over him, and now at left tackle, you're decided as well who your guy of the future should be in Jordan Maialata. Yeah, let's get the new coaching staff, their guys. Let them win with their guys. Like, is Derek Barnett? Barnett. Yeah. You could find a Derek Barnett, man. Like, they they come around all the time. Vinny Curry, well, you I know, think what did a better job at that position yeah. 
than Derek Barnett did. You know what it kind of reminds me of is like when you had Trent Cole, right? Trent Cole was your Brandon Graham, your veteran mm-hmm. pass rusher, and you had Jaquay Parker on the other side. That was a good serviceable to second defensive end, but then you eventually wanted to upgrade that. That's why you drafted 100%. Brandon Graham in the first round, and Graham took longer to take that step. Josh Sweat also taking year, I mean, year after year, he's been very mm-hmm. good since he got drafted in the fourth round, but it's like a continued trajectory upwards. And so eventually you want, it's like Derek Barnett's a good starter, but you're always going to like, you're always going to need or want a Derek Barnett. He's Isaac Sayamalu of the right. defensive You're always going to be looking though. Like, can I do better than this? Because, yes. Especially when you have to start paying a lot for that kind of guy. And you could probably match the, the production, at least to a right. certain percentage with like a, a mid-round pick. A Jerron and Jackson and a Patrick yeah, Johnson. That's what I'm talking about, too, with the way Milton Williams looks on the edge even, and there that he go. was supposed to be a defensive tackle, and you still have Ryan Kerrigan at least this year for depth. If they come, if the Jets come to the Eagles and say, we'll give you a, I don't know what kind of pick it would be. I don't imagine it'd be a second or third, but like a fourth-round pick. I, I don't know, Gino. I might take that. Derek Renette is a player I'm, I'm willing to deal, and Andre Dillard, I believe you take – about what you can get for him at this time. I'm in because, the same boat, and that's pretty depressing. Yeah, but it's it is. But it, you can't have a left tackle that can't anchor in the NFL. No. You, can, you cannot have that type of player, especially when you have a young quarterback who just exudes and needs to build more confidence. And he's mm-hmm. not going to do that when there's pressure in his face all day. And you and have Jordan already, any, Yeah, that's the thing. You already have another guy. So ceiling versus floor debate as well. Like we're going to keep going on these guys who present you a higher ceiling. And and to me and Lou, that's what we we preach in player development, in player personnel when it comes to how we want these guys to acquire players for this team. They've done a lot of that in the last two years, Lou. The Jalen Rager discussion over a player who I saw our friend uh, Liam Jenkins once again wrote an article, Derek Barnett, for Denzel Mims. There was a discussion we wanted him. But both of those guys needed time to their game. He didn't, but other people did. Other people did. We never yeah, wanted we, that. We, okay, we, were Jay, we were Jalen Rager through and yeah. through. I think we were pretty we were firm Ray on Nyuk, that. We were KJ right, Hamlin, yeah. LaVisca Chanel. We were not, we were not team. Uh, yeah, Denzel and Mims. we want the guys that present you that higher ceiling, and we're going to continue to go with that trend. Devontae Smith, even, for example, man, like that kid's ceiling, it, I, I don't even know where you could cap him off. You know what I mean? Like if you could really build an offense around that kid with a quarterback who just fits his strengths – and have multiple weapons in that offense, which open it up for him, that's where you're just going to see success. And they're just going to continue to go that route as long as they have buy-in from the personnel department, the coaching staff, which seems to be the route that they're going right now. Gino, if let's go back to 2019. I don't want to say like, if you could take anyone instead of Andre Dillard, who would you take? Because obviously you'd take at that point, like now we know hindsight's 2010. You know, we'll take Terry McLaurin. We'll take AJ Brown, but like, Here's the question from guys that the Eagles would have realistically took with that pick instead of Andre Dillard, who would you have hoped now they would have selected like a guy that again, I feel like DK Metcalf is the obvious choice. We both had that. We decided to take him for the lockdown ultimate mock draft that year. Mm -hmm. But if there was another guy that was maybe a less obvious choice that the Eagles would have considered other guys, they liked who would you have rather had? So you look at where Philadelphia picked, they were Mm -hmm. at 20 traded up. Yep, and they traded up to get to that position. After that was Titus Howard, Josh Jacobs, Hollywood Brown, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Abram, Jerry Tillery, LJ Collier, DeAndre Baker, Caleb McGill, Harry. 
honestly, man, I wish they went with Chauncey Gardner Johnson as crazy well, as it sounds. No, like I was good, all, yeah. he's you been all in, so that's fair. He's been playing up to that standard, and mm-hmm. he's only gotten better. But one. I think I think there were guys on the board that you could have hypothetically taken uh, Rocky Sin that year if you wanted to move back a couple mm-hmm. spots, like Indy had done when they took him at thirty four. Uh, even Byron Murphy of Arizona was taken at thirty three. Yeah. So if you wanted to fix up your corner group, the offensive tackles that were taken after him, Greg Little, uh, Caleb McGarry was next, then Greg Little, who just got traded. Cody Ford also has traded. moved to right guard yeah. from right tackle. And I don't even know then, Ford is starting this year. Yeah, Dalton Reisner, I believe, also moved to the interior as well. So past those top guys, which we kept saying, if they can get one of those top tackles, mm-hmm. being, who were they? Jonah Williams. Uh, yeah, that was about it. Was he Juan was the only- Thornhill in that draft? Yeah, Juan Thornhill was in that draft. Like one of the safeties. That tackle draft, which people thought was going to be like yeah, premier, it was bad. Turns out to not be too fantastic if we're looking at it. Like if we're I going would, back, yeah. hindsight is not great on this offensive tackle class. I would probably go with one of the the picks that went. I think Thornhill would be a solid pick. Thornhill, as well. if yeah. you could have got one of the safeties, Darnell Savage unfortunately went a couple spots ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, Hollywood Brown wouldn't have been a top receiver, but he's shown in Baltimore he could at least be a wide receiver too. And mm-hmm. I'd rather have him be your field stretcher. That right? would have been take your, him over your Jalen Rager. Rager. Yeah, right. that would have been your. And Jay, I think that Jay would Rager work out better. Exactly. Or, I mean, I, there was rumors about a bad meeting between the Eagles and Montez Sweat, but Sweat has been very good with Washington to start off his career. So hindsight's twenty twenty, but at the time I liked Montez Sweat for sure. So I yeah, there is so. a there's. But you know what, Gino, the tough <laughs> thing is at the time, me and you both liked the pick because I don't think anybody could have expected Dillard to just fall on his face like this. Right. I thought it was the opposite. I'm like, but this the guy thing took There was a lot of question marks. Could yeah. he play against the run? And then could right. he anchor? But my, the reason I was so optimistic was because he took so many pass reps, uh, pass right. blocking reps. And I'm like, the best graded uh, yeah. protector of the pass in college. So, but yeah. you're right, though. Those, those issues in college definitely carried into the NFL and has not developed them yet. At least developed those issues out of his game. Yeah. And we even look at him as a player who we thought the ceiling was higher than it was. And it turns out it wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't a four pick. Yeah. You look at a guy like Jordan Maialata who had all the same tools as Andre Dillard, but he's more physical. He has more raw power. And when you look at offensive tackle, Raw power is literally the one thing that can beat anything. If you're raw and you are technically good, you, you can you can hold your hands and beat a pass rush as long as you're able to maintain your feet and you have raw power. Jordan Mailata is that type of player. Jason Peters was that type of player. Yep. Trey Thomas was that type of player. Dillard just doesn't fit that mold of like what Stout has had in mm-hmm. Philadelphia as his left okay. tackle when you look at it. And even now, you look at – we go back to the Derek Barnett discussion. Has Gannon really had that type of player in his system? I mean, the edge rushers at Indian Minnesota, they're longer guys, Everson Griffins of the world, you know? Yeah. Those longer guys that have more speed-to-power type of rushes than a guy like Derek Barnett who has to beat you with just being better technically, which he isn't the best technical pass rusher either. Mm-hmm. So you're in, you're in a you're in a – Bind there, and you have to play to the strengths of these players. And I believe that some of these players have better strengths than others. And I would like to see them out on the field. And going back to the Rasul thing to to kind of bring this thing all to a head. Yeah. When you're moving guys like this, and you're also bringing in players, you don't want to impact 
the development of your own players, you know? So it's like, yeah, if Andre Diller is just going to sit on the bench, we're just going to impact this kid's development, at least get something for him and, and he can go and play, you know? Where yeah. when Rasul was here, we kept bringing in all these veterans and it's like they would just sit him and sit him and sit him. I know. And that just killed they his confidence. They played Dexter McDougal over him. Yeah, you have to find that kind of happy medium with this, you know? You have to have competition present, but you also can't hurt these kids. Uh, I mean – there, there's a bunch of kids on this team. Like, as clear as it is, yeah. they're younger than me. I'm 27 years old, and a majority of the players on this mm-hmm. team are younger than I am. So yeah. they just have to be in a situation that plays to their strengths and move out those guys that really don't fit what you want. I mean, Andre Dillard, if he's going to get knocked over and go to the sidelines like he has a fake injury again, we don't want that here. We don't yeah. want that culture here. We want hard-nosed guys that are going to come here every day. Jalen Rager, you might mess up, but you go out there the next day, you pick your head up, and you do better the next day. That's what Philly is, and that's what Sirianni wants. So if you can get a little bit of draft capital moving into a draft where you're going to have a lot of resources to hopefully, one, improve your quarterback position, one, via drafting a quarterback if Jalen doesn't work out, or two, Maybe trading for a pass rusher, maybe trading for another corner, maybe trading for a wide receiver. You, we talk about all the time how teams are more willing to deal players, especially now with Philly with all these assets. If there's a guy on a contract year whose team isn't going to pay him, i.e. Devontae Adams, and you can make a run at him or another player at corner, for example, you now have that possibility and you have to do it by moving guys to acquire assets. And Derek Barnett, a year from now, I don't believe is going to be as valuable as he is today. Same with Andre Dillard. Same with Carson Wentz when they traded him a few months ago. You know, mm-hmm. If he would have sustained another injury, that only takes a knock on what you would have got. How he is good at kind of knowing what he can get in the market. Sometimes it does come back to bite him, but he's been on the right side of things a majority of the time, I would say. I'm glad you brought up Carson Wentz because that's what we're going to get into coming up next right oh, here. Oh, was it? That was perfect, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, we've been, we've been killing our segue game today, guys. We'll be right back for segment three. Just want to do a shout out to a couple of our sponsors today. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet by far. It's basically a candy bar in protein bar form. And there's nine delicious flavors. Delicious flavors, something for everybody. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and it's a healthy alternative to your everyday snack. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. My go-to is the peanut butter brownie, but uh, Gino, I guess people like mint chocolate, so that's a popular thing. I'm not in on it, but it, and it, again, Bill Bar has got a flavor for everybody. I do the mint and then cut it in half, and then I put Ooh, the salted okay. caramel. I tell All right. every Yo, every mix, time I do the ad read, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I say. And I put on top of ice cream. You know, I'm a little a little bigger than you, Lou, um, but it's all right. <laughs> whatever your flavor is, guys, we can get you today 15% off your first order when you head to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And again, you're going to get 15% off your first order of the best tasting protein bar at BuiltBar.com. Guys, today's show is also sponsored by Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for everybody. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and make sure you write down locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. 
Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Eagles fans, Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, wrapping up this Monday edition of Locked on Eagles. We got into a potential Razul Douglas reunion, potentially trading Andre Dillard and or Derek Barnett to start the season. We'll continue to watch that. And speaking of watching things, Gino, the Eagles media, fan base, the team themselves are on Carson Watch, uh, excuse me, Carson Wentz Watch in all of 2021, despite him not being on the team anymore, because as we are all very well aware of now, if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps for the Indianapolis Colts this year, the Eagles get a first round pick. That second round pick conditionally turns into a first, or if he plays 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs. And so Gino last month, it was looking bad when it comes to the Eagles chances of getting that pick with that foot injury for Carson Wentz. And then he had the surgery and we're like, okay, He's already, we know he's going to miss maybe the first month of the season. He basically has to play every snap at that point. We did the math on one of the episodes to give the Eagles a chance at getting that pick. But then he returned to practice today. He wasn't in 11 on 11s, but Gino, he was moving around pretty well. And knowing Wentz in 2018, he even said it today, he's played through worse. He played through an entire broken back in 2018. And the only reason he didn't play the entire season is because they lost to Dallas. If they won that game and they were seven and six, he would have kept playing. So Wentz, we know, will we'll try to play through it. And the way he looked today, it looks like the Eagles, at least for now, have a fighting chance at this pick becoming a first. I can't wait until this whole thing is wrapped. I know, up. do me like, too. Oh, I mean, people either are way. excited. And I'm like, I, it's, I get it because mm-hmm. we want the pick, but it's still going to tear me apart inside to watch him play this year, regardless of the pick. It's a nice little silver lining, but it's not enough to <laughs> me to like get all these all-cap lock tweets that are like, let's go, let's move Wentz. It's like, it still hurts me to see it, even though there's a pick on the line. It's going to be one of those things that we're literally on pins and needles for because yeah. we know this guy, like, a- any wrong turn, and he's going to be out for the season. And it kind of is reminiscent to when he tore his ACL, you know, like for a month we're just sitting here and saying, this stinks, man. Yeah. Like, this is – when you were nervous. We're doing nothing. And then you we, were were, we were, were considering playing, playing Nate Sudfeld Right. In that playoff game against Atlanta, and now here we are again. We thought we had that second-round pick. We thought that's what it was going to be, and now there's a possibility that he's going to play, and you wish every guy to be healthy, and especially somebody who you have so much riding on right now. And, man, three first-round picks. Like, I'm salivating it's at the possibilities. It's a great situation. It, 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 reminds it me, really you know, is. It reminds me of 2018 when Wentz came back against the Colts, and for about a month and a half, I was still nervous coming off that torn ACL. I'm like, when he was mm-hmm. running around, I'm like, every single play, I'm like, oh, man, please don't take a bad hit. And that's what I feel like even this year, we're going to be watching the Colts and kind of thinking the same thing. We're going to be watching the Colts as much as the Eagles because, like you said, having three oh, I'll have it on in the year, corner for sure. Yeah, every, every week, as much as it's going to kill me to watch him. But that pick is important because, like you said, three first-round picks in a draft gives you so much flexibility in the word we like to use a lot, optionality. And – they could even have more than that, Lou. Like I, it wouldn't even shock me knowing Howie Roseman that the guy has four first-round picks next year. You no, know, pulling off some crazy deal or moving down one way or another before the draft, but to have it for the point we are in our franchise and the trajectory that we are on, and knowing where we need to go, it's everything. It, prime, primarily having premier draft picks is the way you succeed in the NFL and hitting on them is how you change your roster and change, change your fortunes in the blink of an eye. 
You look at the Saints a couple years ago who had that unbelievable draft where they pick Ryan Ramsick and they get uh, Elvin Kamara as well, and you saw how quickly that rejuvenated their team. And even after Drew Brees is retiring, they're still reaping the rewards of hitting on a draft like that. Well, when and, you have a GM that misses on first-round picks a lot, at least you're going to have more. Hey, everybody's got to have some swings of the bats, man. you got to have as many as possible. Even admitted it himself At least last we year. don't have – John Gruden in the building because well, they don't know what point. they're doing. They're trying to get Khalil Mack back already. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, that's not where Cleveland we need to Farrell, be. Cleveland Farrell, I guess, wasn't working out. Speaking of bad 2019 draft picks today. We, we need to go back this offseason yeah, and really go through that will. first round and see where we messed up. Or see where the whole league messed up because DK yeah. Metcalf made it to the end of the second round. Come on, Josh. I mean, at least me and you were in on that because we had the Eagles taking them hey, in our mock draft. We picked them. I, I would say right. if they picked what we picked in the mock drafts, we'd be doing all right. Brandon Ayuk, DK We would have Metcalf. A DK Metcalf, Brandon Ayuk, and Devontae Smith. That's a pretty solid trio. Ooh. But if they would have took one of those other guys, we wouldn't have had to take Devontae this year. But um, we'll continue to watch. I mean, Carson Wentz, he's looking good at least. So that's pretty good for everybody out there that wants that first-round pick. And Jalen Hurts is back healthy, so shout-out to him, right. too. We haven't said anything so about it was a that. Good, yeah, it was a good couple days for health when it comes to quarterbacks that – are pretty impactful for the Eagles this year and beyond. That's going to do it, guys, for today's edition of Locked On Eagles. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your shows for five episodes a week, Monday through Friday. And like we said, guys, we're on YouTube now every single day. Subscribe to our YouTube page. And then we're on Twitter as well, at DBLCLOE, at GC24 underscore football, and follow our official show page at Locked on Birds. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening, and let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.